Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date Sunday, the 23rd of April, 2023. Stop doing that! I- I've got to get out of here. Now you've been exposed to it too. Everybody in London has. I'm not showing any symptoms. Oh, that's no guarantee. <laughs> well, how will I know? You won't. There's only been one survivor, Jenny. In all the cases they've admitted, only one person has lived. What if I'm one of the lucky ones? Lucky ones? There are no lucky ones. Look at her. Look at Abby. She's dead, 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 dead. There you are. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs. This is Big Finish, audiobooks, audio drama and this podcast, all for the love of stories. Coming up in a moment, we talk about actor Murray Melvin, who sadly passed away recently. He was perhaps best known to Big Finish listeners as the sinister Billis Manger from Torchwood. We reflect on his long and illustrious career and hear some archive interviews with the man himself. Oh, it's lovely playing a, a, a baddie. Then it'll be time for the Good Review Guide, known to some as the Good Review Guy, reviewing Hmm. the reviews of Doctor Who, Mind of the Hodiac, from the mind of Russell T. Davis. Why? Why do you keep doing this to us? Then we enter the post-pandemic world of survivors, from the imagination of Dalek and Blake 7 creator Terry Nation, as we release what is actually the 12th series of this compelling apocalyptic tale, now venturing into the territory of a burgeoning new world order, and all the challenges that brings, released on Thursday the 27th of April. My name's Lucy Fleming, and I play Jenny Richards. Following that, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. One electronic inbox plus a whole listenership of comments. What's not to love? In our also available segment this week, we preview the latest audiobook featuring the dimension-hopping Iris Wildtime, as played by Doctor Who legend Katie Manning, and written by the highly acclaimed Paul Mars, out on Tuesday the 25th of April. In a far corner of the universe, a woman was on trial. Then the randomoid Selectatron will once again be delivering a random release with a 25% discount skillfully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. What might it be? We've no idea. But here's a clue from the future. He's gone, Professor. And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's from Survivor's New Dawn 3, The Turning Point, by Ken Bentley. Well, that's all I have time for today. As my old maths teacher used to say, must try harder. Yes, 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 Prime Minister. I don't know how you lot put up with it. You wanted a seat at the table? This isn't democracy, it's a dictatorship. As many of you may know, we sadly lost the actor and director Murray Melvin very recently. To give this some context, I thought it might be best to quote from the Guardian newspaper's obituary. The actor and director Murray Melvin, who has died aged 90, had a rich and varied career in theatre, film and television. His outlook shaped by his experience in the late 1950s of working for Joan Littlewood's theatre workshop at the Theatre Royal Stratford East. He was a pivotal member of her company, played crucial roles in A Taste of Honey, The Hostage and Oh What a Lovely War, and passionately believed in passing on the legacy of her work to the next generation. In 1991, he also became the Theatre Royal's archivist 
and assembled a mass of invaluable material that in 2021 was donated to the British Library. In a long career, Melvin worked in many different media and invested everything he did with a physical precision he attributed to his early training in classical dance. In 1962, he won the Best Actor Award at Cannes for his performance in Tony Richardson's film of A Taste of Honey and went on to appear in Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon in 1975 and became a favourite actor of Ken Russell, who was a great director. His television career extended from being bumped off in the first episode of The Avengers in 1961 to playing the sinister Billis Manger in the Doctor Who spin-off Torchwood in 2007. As a director, his work ranged from pantomimes written by Graham Garden to opera performances in the Royal Albert Hall. But at the heart of everything he did was his devotion to Littlewood and to the theatre in Stratford East. To anyone researching its history, he was a spry, charming and infallibly informative guide. Now, obviously, uh, his work for Big Finish was as that sinister Billis Manger. And I know that those who worked with him, chiefly Torchwood producer James Goss, as well as directors Scott Handcock and Lisa Bauman, were deeply saddened at Murray Melvin's passing. Lisa Bauman on Facebook said, As death announcements go, this is a real kicker for me. I don't use the word lightly to say he was a complete legend. Was more than lucky enough to work with him on a couple of occasions and was due to be doing so again this year. The loveliest, most immaculate man and great company. Um, and then she published some photos that she'd taken. Lisa's a brilliant photographer. She says, here he is with everyone at Big Finish and celebrating his 90th birthday in studio. R.I.P. Murray, they certainly broke the mould with you. And Scott Handcock, who has worked for Big Finish for many years as a, a writer, director, producer, script editor, working on the new TV series of Doctor Who as a script editor now, he's posted on Facebook, heartbroken to hear about Murray Melvin's passing. It's preoccupied me a lot today, but so it should. He was a marvel. We did have such fun, he said the other week. And we did. He was a gentleman and such a fierce talent. Effortlessly delightful. I'll miss him hugely. And on Twitter, James Goss, who of course had worked with him the most at Big Finish, uh, said of Murray, kind, energetic, commander of any restaurant he sat in, happily recorded during lockdown, perched on bongos. <laughs> I'll miss his gossipy emails containing the summons to lunch with menaces, an absolute privilege to have known him. That's a lovely tribute there from James. Uh, really brilliant that he posted that on Twitter. Um, let's have a listen to Murray now, firstly in his return to the role of Billis Manger on audio back in 2018 with Deadbeat Escape, written by James Goss and directed by Scott Hancock, with Gareth Pierce as Howell Roberts, and then being interviewed by James Goss behind the scenes for the upcoming Torchwood Among Us Part 2, due for release in June this year. Can I help you? <sighs> Have you got a room for the night? I've given up. Have you? On the drive, in this weather. What a night. What a night. Um, we have one room left. Then I'm in luck. Yes. Uh, sign here, please. And don't forget to put the date. Sure you won't go on. Cardiff's not far. No, thanks. It's raining like there's no tomorrow. I'd rather take my chances here. Oh, thank you, Mr. Roberts. And welcome to the Traveller's Halt. My name is 
Billis Manger. Now, let me show you to your room. Oh, it's lovely playing a, a baddie. Um, uh, I've always I've played baddies for quite a while, you know, on film and on the stage. And as I got older, I realised it was the goodies who did all the running around. When you were the baddie, you stood still. And so, <laughs> I like that. And I've played a long line of baddies going way, 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 way back. Murray Melvin, what a legend. Hey, I tell hey. you actually, Benji, um, you presumably never worked with him, did you? I've not worked with him, no, no. No. Well, it's from the sublime to the ridiculous, all those lovely tributes by people who knew him well and, and worked with him a lot. Uh, I never met him at Big Finish, um, but uh, I saw him several times <laughs> walking along at Canada Water, at Canada Water Tube Station. How funny. Because I often go to that tube station and he must have, I don't know, lived near there or changed lines near there. And I kept thinking, oh, that's Murray Melvin. <laughs> you know, but I couldn't just go up to him and say, oh, I'm the, the company of the year. I thought it's just too much, isn't it? He's gonna, you don't want to accost a 90-year-old man on the tube and, and give him a nasty experience, do you? But I just remember thinking, oh, how lovely. And, you know, he seemed so fit. And, you know. Yeah, well, he's one of those people as well that there is just... There's been nothing but good things said about him. It seems so many people. I think he had such respect from so many people, and um, I think it was really, you know, really nice on Twitter to see that people were sharing their memories and thoughts. And you know, he just seemed like such a lovely man, and and you know, so good at what he did as well. Yeah. Well, time now for our good review guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you, me, you. And as promised this week, we're looking at Doctor Who, Mind of the Hodiac. There was panic in the parlour and howling in the hall. Doctor Who! From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Mind of the Hodiac. The other is out there, actively aware. She knows that I am searching and is afraid. She's out there, somewhere in the wide worlds. Not again! Not again! Put it all down! Whatever you are! Why? Why do you keep doing this to us? This institute is dedicated to research in the field of psychic science. The power granted to the human mind, taking us one step closer to the angels. Your mind. His mind. His mind in your mind. Two minds. One mind. Something's setting coordinates! Doctor! 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 What's happening? Why are you doing this? It's gone. Whatever it was, it, it's gone. But couldn't you feel it? The strength of it? A mind, a magnificent <sighs> mind. Is that it? <sighs> it's over. No, it is far from over. The battle lines have been drawn. We march upon the earth. Big finish. 
for the love of stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Hodiac, H-O-D-I-A-C, into the search pane at the top to find this one. Well, the first one we've got here is from sealionpress.co.uk, Matthew Kressel. Um, and it says here... Um, uh, let me get my glasses. <laughs> um, but um, what an alternate uh, 1987 Doctor Who this would have been. One spared the likes of Time and the Rani and the sometimes campy mess that all but dooms Sylvester McCoy's Doctor before he had a chance. Well, it's a bit controversial, this, isn't this it? It is very controversial. Um, we don't support those views at all. No, no. Uh, what Mind of the Hodiac offers is a glimpse into that intriguing alternative season that might have been if Davis' spec script and the series casting had gone another way. There you go. Interesting. Uh, now, this is from the Blog of Delights uh, blogspot.com, and this review is by Child of the 80s, 70s. Sorry, I'm just exaggerating. 60, 50, 40s. Uh, some child. Uh, the, the young Davis shows some of the skills he'd later hone to become a Doctor Who legend. His ability to write both believable domestic characters and larger-than-life ones front and centre. Sulky but resourceful teen Lisa, Larice Harrison, is brilliantly written, as is Tania Miller's put-upon mother and Sutara Gale's nan. Meanwhile, Badland has great fun as the bonkers Mrs Chin... <laughs> Do you think related to uh, that that guy in Claws of Axos? <laughs> uh, Chin here, I have full executive powers. It's a wonderful name, isn't it? Chin. Chin. Mr. Chin. <laughs> um, I wonder if there's anyone called Nose. <laughs> David Nose here. Um, <laughs> can you quickly feel the John ear? Jane Eyebrow. And my name is Matthew Mouth. <laughs> right, uh... <laughs> And maybe those they've, they've got to be surnames, haven't they? Alistair Everybody. Left Eye. Um, <laughs> Eyelid. <laughs> well, there we go. There's a whole, there's a whole, there's a whole drama there. Elbow. Anyone called Elbow? I bet there are elbow. people called Elbow, aren't there? Brian yeah. Elbow. Yes. You carry on. I'll have a look. Okay. Uh, RTD's talent for memorable monster names also debuts with his cybernetic tungsten warriors oh love it fascinating for fans of the show and davis's evolution as a doctor who writer what have you come up with any elbows or eyelids i no, i can't i mean it's sounds the like we're is grave it's, diggers now it's, it's always going on about i think putting i'll put in nose surname yeah there is a it says it the nose family is <laughs> Which nostril are we talking about? The, <laughs> <laughs> the Slovenian origins, nicknamed for a large-nosed man from the derivative of nos, nose, possibly English, middle English of nose. Okay. Um, well, there we go. So it clearly is a name. Apparently the that top occupations for people with the name nose is labourer. Oh. Um, so there we go. You know, so next time somebody's, uh, you know, giving you a new tarmac in the drive... You know, ask them if their surname knows. <laughs> or give them a hand. <laughs> uh, cult box Ian McArdle says oh, here... the body parts are available. <laughs> yes. Um, 
heels. Uh, Mind of the Hodiac is a fantastic slice of Doctor Who that never was, one that demands a couple of airings to fully appreciate. We can only wonder what it might have looked like if produced for season 23. We can wonder, yes. Or indeed retooled for Sylvester McCoy further down the line. It would uh-huh. doubtless have been slimmed down in the scope to meet a television budget. Instead, as it sits, the story is perhaps the ultimate mix of the show's 80s and modern sensibilities. Rob Harvey's score catches that fusion too with period elements, but a very new series style at times. And that's a 4.5 out of 5. Where did we go wrong with that 0.5? Are there not enough people named, you know, (laughs) John Forad? Um, (laughs) I love to say Forad rather than Forad. Forad, yes. My favourite thing lately is is Arn. Arn? It's made of Arn. Oh, Arn. Oh, John Pertwee's Arn. Iron, yes, made uh, of iron. That was brought to our attention by Stephen Noonan, wasn't it? It was indeed, yeah, Stephen it's Noonan. It's time for a Stephen Noonan mention. <laughs> Not the same as an overall mention. There's an overall coming later, actually. Is there the, really? The, use the word overall in a review always gets an overall alert. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I love that phrase, catches that fusion. Oh, like yeah, fusion. that is a nice... Fusion's a good word. I've got Fusion's a great word. Catches that fusion. That sounds like a sort of, you know, like, so close you can feel their fire, you know? Yes. This story yes. catches their fusion. Yes, a Doctor Who movie trailer voiceover. Uh, BlogToWho.com. Now, come on. You know who it is, don't you? Here he is. It's Peter Nolan Peter. of the Nolan Hour. You know, during that, I that heard, brief... Yeah. I heard a whisper that he's making a comeback. No. Yes. Really? Well, yeah. you know, he'd, he'd have a job to, to to come back. You know, he's so recognisable, isn't he? He's been in so many roles where people know him, you know. Ah, but he's got a moustache now. Ah. Oh, wow. That's a whole yeah. new dynamic, isn't it? Think I of the know. characters. Yeah. yeah. Think of all the army sergeants and yeah. pilots and... <laughs> And, uh, well, that's what he'll be doing. That it's called Peter Nolan's Army Sergeant Pilot Hour. Now it's, it's the pilot of. <laughs> it is a pilot episode, <laughs> and then there's the sergeant episode. Right. Um, sorry, Peter, if you're listening. Um, sorry, but I don't think you are listening because we haven't heard from you. So no, you're never, no, just, ignorant no idea, of no our idea, stupidity. As a piece of televisual archaeology, Mind of the Hodiac is a priceless opportunity. See, Peter, that's how you've earned your reputation with lines like that. Absolutely. Wasn't that his catchphrase? It's a priceless opportunity. (laughs) That's right, it was. Uh, More than anything, it emphasises just what a formidable talent Russell T. Davis possessed, even as a teenager. He's a genius. But by presenting it unfiltered by all the lessons he's learned since, it also paints a compelling picture of just how far he's come. And, as if that weren't enough... It's an intriguing opportunity to look at the world of the 1980s Doctor Who afresh. I almost read that well. Uh, perhaps, in essence, Mind of the Hodiac is the era through the prism of Davis's instinctive understanding of what makes the show great. They're great! <laughs> Thank you. Lee Thacker Tiger. there. Lee Thacker? Um, Lee no, Thacker's no, up the, next. Peter Nolan is actually the... Uh, Peter Nolan was the voice of the Frosties man for one, for one uh, advert. Back in 1972. Goodness. Yeah, he had a bad phone that day. I just said, but Siri just activated on my computer. (laughs) Do you want Frosties? Um, Well, Lee Thacker (laughs) is up next. Setthetape.com, Lee Thacker. 
Uh, Mine of the Holyoke is a glimpse into a past that never was. A road not taken where Russell T Davis would have ended up writing for Doctor Who on TV years before his time. Wow. This production is such a perfect fusion of fusion. old and new. Uh, fusion again. Uh, who? And should be enjoyed equally by fans of all eras, as well as lovers of Davis's work. Here we go. Brace yourselves. Overall. <laughs> Thank you for the overall alert there. As Russell wrote this whilst wearing an overall, I, I believe. I hope he so. Really, he really got down to work. Of course, we should mention that it was dramatised for audio by uh, Scott Hancock. Well, it's going to be great, isn't it? That's why yeah, yeah. it's worth getting. I don't, I don't want Scott not you know. to get. Nobody's mentioning Scott here. You know, he did. He did great work. Man's a legend. Uh, IndieMacUser.com, Jacob Licklider. Um, it's a perfect example of the lost stories with a brilliant cast, beautifully haunting score, evocative settings and direction, and a glimpse into the development of a writer who would have become one of the most lauded in modern television. Well, he did, yeah. It's a story to see how far Davis has come as a as a writer and how far he could still grow back to Doctor Who in 2023. I th- uh, think I understood that. Anyway, 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10, pretty good. Well, it says here on Twitter, but um, it's Ian yeah. Tracy, 79, so it's obviously coming from Tracy Island. Um, <laughs> says here, <laughs> must be the third or fourth time I've listened to this story, a mini masterpiece. I love it. See, that is the real test of it, you know, how many times you want to experience it. And there, Ian Tracy, 79, has given his verdict. Doesn't that sound like a really good chocolate bar? Like like a mini masterpiece? Like You can oh, imagine yeah, that, can yeah. you, like... Like what, like, what did you Would get for Christmas? Would you like a oh. mini masterpiece? Such a good idea. Isn't it about time for a mini masterpiece? Look at this. <laughs> it's beautiful milk chocolate on, a, on a honeycomb biscuit. Peel it's a mini masterpiece. And plunge your teeth into a mini masterpiece. <laughs> then later on in the 90s, you know, it's, it's two old women saying, hey, it's a mini masterpiece, that. <laughs> I remember the model, actually, who who ate the mini masterpiece in the advert. It was Desmond Nose. Anyway, at Telos 32, in deep space, the Hodiac is on a quest. On Earth, an ordinary family is plagued by psychic events. I hate it when that happens. The only connection is the Doctor. Very good. Very Russell T. Davis. <laughs> yes, yes. Very good. Very good. I, I, mean, I quite concur. I quite concur. Andrew on Sierra. Uh, says, I cannot say how much I loved Mind of the Hodiac. Oh, go on, do say. Oh, all right then. From start to finish, you know, Russell T. Davis's first ever Doctor Who script perfectly captures the sixth Doctor on in the 80s, not on the 80s. It could be on the 80s, I don't know. Making it such a mindful modern masterpiece. Uh, there we go, you see mini masterpieces and modern masterpieces. Oh. Bravo to all the cast and crew at Big Finish. Would you like a modern masterpiece? <laughs> Mini masterpiece. Uh, it's a uh, modern masterpiece. It uh, now contains um, microchips. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, DM Wilson 73 says, Big thank yous to at Big Finish, Russell T. Davis, Scott Hancock. There, I guess a mention. Well deserved. At Sawbones Hex, that's uh, Colin Baker. And Emily Rosina, that's uh, Emily Cook. Uh, Bonnie Langford and the team for bringing us Mind of the Hodiac. Uh, possibly one of my new favourite sixth Doctor Adventures of All Tim, it says here. I forgot. Obviously ran out of uh, letters. <laughs> uh, 
Ah, Adventures in Tim and Space. Well, you know who DM Wilson 73 is? That's Horror Blakey. (laughs) Is it? It is. That's Horror Blakey. Horror Blakey. Hello, Horror Blakey. There we go, yeah. Well, that's uh, for avid No one knows of, what we're talking about. Maybe, that's it. We'll avid leave, listeners we'll of another there. podcast may, may just know. Um, but that's it from the Good Review Guide this week. Next week, we'll be looking at reviews of Doctor Who, Blood of the Time Lords. Starring Tom Baker. Yes. <laughs> Still to come on the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com and a preview of Iris Wildtime and Friends, uh, The Polythene Terror. Read that very strangely, but I think you get the gist. Uh, plus the randomoid Selectatron giving you a 25% discount on some lovely audio drama. <laughs> but first, Survivors New Dawn 3. Well, come on, we both worked on it, didn't we? We certainly did. I love working on Survivors so much. Um, and I have to say, I have to give a shout out to Ken Bentley on this one, mm. who's not not only, you know, stepped in and he's been he's he's written all the stories, hasn't he, as far as mm. I'm aware, mm. for this box set. Um, but it just his lev- the level of knowledge that he has and the passion and dedication to Survivors, um, it really shines through, not just in this piece, but was it yesterday or the day before? Um, he phoned me up um, and we had a little chat about some of the stuff with, with the ongoing survivors that yeah, we're working on. Yeah, because he's been on. in studio this week doing the yeah. next box set. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I just want to really just give him a shout out because he's brilliant, but also it's so nice to see it uh, in such good hands and, and it still gets that care and attention on so many different levels. Yeah. But it's a cracking box set. It really is. It's, I mean, it's some of the best work that Big Finish has ever done. You know, great scripts, great sound design. That's from Lee Adams as well as you. Yeah, and great music from yourself. Th- th- thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, I just, it's uh, in the uh, behind the scenes package we're about to play you, you know, Ken talks about how it's all come together for this. It's just... It was destined to be here. It's beautiful work. Uh, if you've never dipped into Survivors before, I do recommend that you go to bigfinish.com and type in Survivors because, uh, honestly, um, it's just... Some of it can be a bit grim, but the characters... It doesn't matter if something's grim if you can still love the characters and be with characters. It's uh, it's just great. I would say it's also... It's a, um, it's a real range of people going on journeys. And I don't mean... I mean, literal journeys, yes. But emotional journeys and personal journeys and, you know, the characters, they re- we put them through their paces. It's heartbreaking um, but at times, isn't it? It mm. really is. Uh, and it's worth noting that um, I believe it's still valid, but you can listen to the first episode of our version of Survivors um, for free on the website. You can dive in and listen to that. Uh, and then, and then, hopefully, you'll you'll get sucked in enough to to listen to more. Um, people who know me know I absolutely love this range, and I will shout it from the rooftops. So do check it out. Okay, then let's go behind the scenes. Hello, my name's Ken Bentley, and I have written and directed Survivors Twelve: New Dawn Three. Alongside the sort of conversations we were having initially about being true to Terry Nation's original vision for the series, we also had a lot of conversations about where we felt that world would go in terms of if it, if we weren't going to take it in the direction they took it in the TV series, what direction was it going to go in? And so we always knew roughly where we might want to take it. We just never knew when we were going to get there. 
or if and when we might have the opportunity to do that. And Survivors has sort of come and gone a couple of times over the last few years. We sort of ended the run and then it came back for another run. And also because of various sort of domestic things going on in in our lives, Matt and I became a bit less involved in, in Survivors for a period of time. But when the opportunity came up to do these, our situations had changed such that we could both get together again and remind ourselves of all those conversations we had at the beginning when we first started working on the series. And, we, and so we, we sort of knew back then where we wanted it to go and we finally had the opportunity to do it. But we've got a finite number of episodes in which to do that. So we had to kind of work out basically the reason this story unfolds the way it does is because we've got six episodes to reach the, the conclusion which we sort of knew about all those years ago. My name's Lucy Fleming and I play Jenny Richards. Resources are being stockpiled and distribution monitored to ensure everybody gets their... Not everybody. We're all given an equitable amount oh, of... That's rubbish! You sit in your ivory towers but you have no idea what the rest of us are putting up with. Then why don't you tell me? She's sort of worried about the, the unrest and the way things are going and is trying to sort of look into why there's, the food supplies are short and, the, and things just are not moving as well as they should and, and the unhappiness of the, of the people. And she's trying to kind of find out what's going on. And uh, she does find out. And it's not good. New Dawn One was twenty years after the the outbreak of the death, so it was the it was the mid nineties. It was kind of ninety four, ninety five. The episodes of New Dawn One and Two were were fairly consecutive, so I assumed a, a period of time of about a year had passed, which would put us in summer nineteen ninety six which was on record as a, a really hot year. Now, I know you could argue that that was because of the influence of industry and, and global warming and what have you, but it was interesting to me that that was a very bad year in terms of um, temperatures and therefore um, harvests. So I was sort of, I was exploring opportunities to use all of those sorts of things, but making sure that if we use them, they, they're, they're, they're relevant. Um, that they do they do sort of add up. I've had lots of conversations with people about uh, how long car tyres last versus how long fuel lasts. And it's tricky to get the truthful information about this. You'll speak to one person and say, car tyres last forever. You speak to somebody else and they say, well, no, you've got to keep using them. And there's, there's lots of little bits of information like that that I'm trying to pull in as well. You know, is it, is it possible to keep a plane in the air? Is it possible to keep a car on the road? And, and all of those things, if those things, even if it's possible, those things are going to be difficult because you're not going to have the number of people and you're not going to have the, the industries that service all of those, um, those, those vehicles to, to be able to actually make, make that easy. So it's going to be difficult. So it's, it, all of a sudden you, just, you get this collision of all of these things fighting for attention at the same time and people not equipped to actually be able to deal with it. My name is Belinda Lang, and I play Celia Tate, who is the Prime Minister. All actors love playing really vile people. It's a chance to sort of get it out of your system so that you can be pleasant on the tube. <laughs> we are trying to rebuild civilization here. It was never going to be easy, and if I'm honest, I've never been entirely convinced you were capable of the job. I hoped the elections might weed you out, but after you got shot, I think they all voted for you out of pity, which means for the time being, I'm stuck with you. 
Well, essentially, she's trying to control a, a, a situation that's got completely out of hand. She's clinging on to her power whilst the population are, are, are uprising all over the place because there's not enough, there aren't enough resources and she's um, desperately trying to salvage the situation, but in her usual unhelpfully bossy and unpleasant way. We need to discuss discipline. We can't keep letting them get away with it. We're on a knife edge at the moment and I'm not prepared to throw it all away because of a handful of selfish idiots. But it's important we keep everyone on our side. If, if we start handing out unreasonable sentences... Firm hand, Jenny Richards. Firm hand. She's always been pretty ambivalent about Jenny. They go back a long way, but I think she's always felt that uh, Jenny was very much the junior person and that she'd be much better off running absolutely everything herself. So, uh, you know, there's a moment when she she breaks and and uh, <laughs> gives her the push and that's that. But in, yet again, in a fairly vile manner, <laughs> she can't help herself. I'm Daisy Badger and I play Deborah Adams and various activists and rangers and things. You're not part of the problem, you're the whole problem. And the only way we can start to fix this is to get rid of you for good. Deborah Adams, um, well, she turns out to be the movement leader. I think she goes from a member of the Joe Public who's disillusioned with the world, young mother, been involved in the movement for years, with her partner and then partner dies she becomes far more fierce and the reasons for standing up to the government are both personal and political and that's that's hard to quell so she really goes for it and um that passion just amps up through the whole uh, through the whole stories andrew smith had created quite a big story world with the new federal government in, in Cambridge in the previous episodes of um, Survivor's New Dawn. And so I needed to populate that story world, particularly in these first two episodes, to, to really create the, the sort of scale of the scale of the challenge that the, 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 the activists had in order to, to, to sort of overcome and, and defeat this, this sort of tyrannical leadership. So I'm really grateful to the whole cast I threw a, a huge amount of doubling up at everybody to, to bring this, this world to life um, with all sorts of um, uh, um, rangers and, and, and activists um, roaming about and sort of creating trouble for each other. And everybody did loads and loads of sort of doubling up and wild tracks and things to help bring all of that to life. I'm really, I'm just so grateful to everybody for doing that for me. It's, um, it's a sort of long, laborious task um, in, in recording, um, doing some of those things, just lots of sort of grunting and fighting and shouting. But it's going to give a great sort of scale and texture to the final production once it all comes together. So I was really, really excited to be able to have the opportunity to actually do that um, because we don't always when we're recording. Just go to bigfinish.com and type New Dawn 3 into the search pane at the top to so find cool. this great series. And it's out on Thursday, the 27th of April. And don't forget, you can hear a free 15-minute drama tease of Survivor's New Dawn 3, The Turning, at the end of this podcast. Meanwhile, it's time for... Listener's emails. That's right. And if you want to email in, you can. It's so simple. All you have to do is send them to podcast at bigfinish.com and you might just get chosen to be read out live on air. 
Um, we've got a great one here from Stefan. The subject of this is war films. And I believe if this is the email that you forwarded to me a while back, Nick, which was a it riveting is, yes. read. How do we pronounce... Stefan is from Utrecht in the Netherlands. Um, how do we pronounce his surname? It's quite a difficult one. It certainly is. But a mere English person. Let's, let's, let's have a look. I should have checked it, shouldn't I? Hold on. We'll find this out. Gongridge. Yes, go on then. Stefan Gongridge. Uh, Dear Nick and Benji, uh, I really enjoyed the segment about your favourite war films on April the 16th podcast that you discussed uh, with your special guest, Trevor Brian Trelaw. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He spelt it T-R-E-E-L-O-R-E. That's for the listeners that don't know, that's um, Tim Kigali. Um, (laughs) That's Tim Trelaw. Um, I noticed that... Who doesn't know how to pronounce his own surname. (laughs) I noticed that you mainly focused on World War II and the odd World War I film. Uh, Do you have any favourite films concerning other wars? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Well, um, I'm very fond of Waterloo. Waterloo's great, yeah. Zulu's it's a great. great. Movie. Uh, um, the Charge of the Light Brigade, the uh, Tony Richardson one. Uh, oh, which that is, is very good. It, I mean, it has, you know, it's largely a critique on Victorian imperialism, really. Yeah, and it's horrifically um, depressing. And uh, yeah, but I mean, it's a, a blistering analysis of the military blunders and social snobbery, and oh, yeah. Those are some I can think of. Oh, there's also... Oh, there was one I saw on Netflix not that long ago. I think it's called Danger Close. Danger Close. Yeah, that but sounds you like think... A, sounds like an Australian soap opera, but, you know... Well, funny enough, I think it is Australian. <laughs> on a street where everybody's houses are built on top of a massive dynamite factory. It's Danger uh, da- Close. Da- Danger Close, the Battle of Long Tan. Okay, uh... Yeah, uh, and it is an Australian task force uh, in the the Vietnam War. Interesting. Yeah, the reason it's called Danger Close is that uh, that's the radio call they make when they ask for artillery backup to attack the enemy that's attacking them. But it's it's so close to them, they could be hit by it. And that's the command they issue. Danger Close. Danger yeah. close. It's interesting because when you see that title, I really thought it was like an address, you know, uh, 32, <laughs> danger close, um, explosion. <laughs> maybe anyway. maybe it's what happens like when Glenn Close is nearby, you know, people say, quick, danger close. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um, I recommend you watch it, Benji. It's a really good movie. I'll check really that one out. Good. 100% yeah. will check that out. It's, yeah, it will pummel your brain. Uh, Anyway, sorry, I was reading the email. It's you <laughs> reading it, blah, blah, blah. Get off, yes. get off, the, the only one I'd, I would say, and another one that I really like it, and I, I feel so guilty for liking it because it's trash and it's so incorrect, is actually oh. Braveheart. I really do like oh, yeah, that. Yeah, As trash. a film, I really like the film, but it's complete trash and it's completely inaccurate in yes. so many ways. But actually as a piece and how it looks and how the story unfolds, I do enjoy it. I'll tell you one thing about that film. It's got Patrick McGowan in it. Yes, yeah. it does, yes. And Barnaby Kay, who acts and directs for us, he was in it with Patrick McGowan, and he, the two of them, got on really well, and had quite a friendship. No after way! That, where, yeah, that's but incredible. That's, a, that's another term. It's a great. A good if tale. you ever get Barnaby to tell you the story of him and Patrick McGowan, it's fascinating. It's slightly alarming and interesting. <laughs> Next time I'm in, I'll have to find out about this one. You will. Yeah, he'll tell you. 
Oh, we've got one here. It says, so it's um, carrying on. It says, regarding the question whether or not you were wrong to talk about these films, uh, I do not think you were. Uh, of course, you could have a lengthy discussion about the ethics of watching films based on real events, such as the Second World War, for entertainment purposes. However, that discussion would have to involve all the countless subgenres of war films, ranging from the historically accurate and educational ones to comedies such as The Producers or To Be or not to be, uh, but also bottom of the barrel, uh, Nazis blows. Oh, I say Nazi exploitation. Nazi exploitation. <laughs> yes, there we go. Films with the majority of people who were considered to be in poor taste. And my advice to people who find these offensive would be just not watch them. Yeah, um, I, I believe that most war films will uh, generally inspire viewers to learn more about the actual events and not lead to the glorification of violence. Um, this also applies uh, to my experience with war films. My dad introduced me to films such as A Bridge Too Far, uh, The Longest Day, and also films with a World War II theme slash setting like Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, and have been interested in the period ever since, also through stories about the war uh, from my grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. There are some good films set in and around World War II. Like, I loved um, Atonement. I thought that was a great film. Yes, it is. And that was beautifully film. put together. And, it's quite you know, a controversial film. A lot of people really hated it, but I thought I really enjoyed it. I really, yeah. I thought it was a great film. I thought it was done really, really well. I love the score of that film. Beautiful. Um, carrying all the email. Uh, recently, a poll was conducted among 2,000 Dutch people born after 1980, and about 50% of the respondents knew very little to nothing about the persecution of Jews uh, and the Holocaust. Um, this was one of the reasons for me to select the book and film Boy in Striped Pyjamas uh, as part of next year's curriculum for our Year 9 English students. I think war films and books are great media to teach students about this period in history and its contemporary relevance. So true, so true. Yes. I recommend anybody to watch that film that that or read the book. It's absolutely shell-shocks you. It really does. Mm. Um, it's amazing how some people don't know an awful lot like about how the war started like i remember my sister she said oh how did the war start and it was like i was like whoa you know she said wasn't it something to do with poland and i was like right take a seat yes <laughs> i'm going to tell you the entire is, campaign an alarming number of people uh have said to me in the recent times oh, well i don't quite see the point in history what's the point of anything oh, my goodness well, it, it, <laughs> History is everything to me. It is, it, but it is everything because it's how we understand. How do you understand how to do a job? You find out how it's done, and that's how other people have done it. So the job of running the world and how things go wrong or things go right, you learn that from what has gone before. Because if you don't learn those lessons, you'll just make the same mistakes again. And you know, and despite the appalling tragedy of the Holocaust, you know, there have been genocides since. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and so you have to keep this keenly in people, the horror of it, the horror that certain ideologies, I always think they open up a road to Auschwitz behind them. You can see it when people talk a certain way about race and, and what have you. You think that is just the road to Auschwitz, what you're talking about there. You start referring to things like that. And that's where it will end if people don't stop you. Sorry, I'll just get, hold no, on, just think, get off my soapbox. Oh, no, I think, it's a very, again. I think it's a very valid point you make there. And history is, yeah, well, you know what they say, you can predict the future by looking at events of the past. 
um, uh, carrying with the podcast. Yes. Uh, since this is the Big Finish podcast, I'd like to finish this email by saying that you have released many excellent stories about the war, and some of my favourites are Dark Eyes, Part 1, hey. No Man's Lands, one of yours, yeah. Nick, one of yours, yeah, uh, Colditz, that's a real old school one, um, Criss Cross, and Protect and Survive, which is one of my favourites. Um, keep up the good work, all the best, Stefan Gongrich from Utrecht, the Netherlands. Yes, um, the part one of uh, Dark Eyes wasn't called No Man's Land. No Man's Land was another one. So there we go. Oh, there we go. So, oh, well. yeah, yeah. Next up, uh, Julian Botting says uh, war films and extras into. Oh, I think I think you meant intro there. But anyway, uh, Julian says hi, Nick and Benji. Hi there. I was a good hi Nick. there, Nick and Benji. Just an N. I'm of the same era as Nick and grew up on war films, so don't have a problem with them! Exclamation mark. Like Tim, my favourite is Where Eagles Dare. It's brilliant the scene with Clint Eastwood with an MP40 submachine gun in each hand, holding <laughs> off a horde of angry Germans. It's a favourite part of any film of mine. Richard Burton and Clint are brilliant, and an appearance of the warlord Tagana, Darren Darren Nesbit. He's put Darren, but it is Darren as an SS officer is another highlight in a fabulous film. Darren Nesbitt's a real character. Have you ever met him? Never met him, but heard a lot about him. Yeah, I, I met him and uh, uh, yeah, I worked with him. I directed him, actually. And and worked with him in, um, uh, what's it called? The the Cyberman um, Spare Parts. He was in Classic, that. Classic, big was, one, yeah. I worked with him in that. But yeah, I also directed him in a, a Doctor Who Unbound. And then uh, years later, I saw him at a prisoner convention that I was attending, you know. And, and went back in the same minibus from Port Marion with him. And um, uh, on one of the breaks, I said, uh, "I said, Darren, you won't, you won't remember, but we have met. I have worked with you." <laughs> no, I don't remember. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's said, honest. Yeah, exactly. But he is the man of the constant anecdote. Uh, yes, SS officer is another highlight in a fabulous film. Uh, so many great scenes and lines. I absolutely love it. Hot girls, cool guys, and lots of action. If you've not seen it, then you're in for a treat. Um, it's based on an Alistair MacLean fiction novel and not any true events, but still the best war film ever. Big thumbs up there, emoji. On the subject of extras, the extras intro, I would rather you kept it, two exclamation marks. Um, it signals the extras, and it is a great indicator that extras are starting and finishing. J.U., Justin, I suppose. Yeah. So there you go. He's he's waded into the old uh, it's debate. The, the debate is just carrying on, isn't it? It's just it's, carrying we're on. We're getting more positives than negatives. It has to be. Yeah, said. that's it. So far, there. I'm thinking we keep it, but well, you know, times and things can change. Yeah. Daniel Hughes is chiming in now um, regarding <laughs> regarding Murray Melvin. Um, hi there, Nick and Benji. Hi there. Uh, I'm writing to offer my condolences following the death of Murray Melvin, a classic character actor whose presence was felt even in scenes where he didn't have many lines mm. and has helped to create Billis Manger, one of Torchwood's most memorable characters, which Big Finish has successfully expanded on. He will be greatly missed and his legacy will continue to shine. Kind regards, Daniel Hughes. Oh, thanks, Daniel, for writing in with that, yeah. A sad, sad loss. Uh, now then, that is actually it for this week's emails. Um, 
And I tell you what, we look forward very much to reading more next week, you know, about the extras, about war films, and also about Murray Melvin as well, you know, experiences that any of you met him or particular bits of his wonderful work that you enjoyed. That's next time. As always, the Randomoids Electrotron is warming up at this very moment, preparing to offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Cool. Uh, we'll also be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Survivors New Dawn 3. But first, it's out this Tuesday, the 25th of April. Iris Wild Time and the Polythene Terror by Paul Mars. I, I, I read out the title better this time. And, and read by Katie Manning. But here's Katie Manning to tell you that in a special preview of this great audiobook release. Iris Wild Time and the Polythene Terror, written by Paul Mars, narrated by Katie Manning. Prologue. The Trial of Iris Wildtime. In a far corner of the universe, a woman was on trial. Even in a large hat, bedecked with exotic feathers and a bright green raincoat with a purple fur trim, she seemed a very small, forlorn figure as she stood under a bright cone of light. The panda standing beside her was an even smaller, even more forlorn figure. Both hung their heads as if in shame, as the lofty voices of their accusers rang out above them. Iris Wildtime, we have summoned you here before us, the woman in the spotlight gulped. Oh, Eck, do not fear, my dear, boomed the disembodied voice, not unkindly. You are trembling. But you need not fear us unduly. We are your own kind. We are your mothers and aunties. We won't harm you. Not really. The woman known as Iris shook her fist and tried to sound as defiant as she could. I know who you are. You're the good night, ladies. Ha! I know all about you and all the things you do. The voice was implacable. We are responsible for the smooth running of the clockworks. We go about our work secretly. Iris stared at the darkness around her. It felt like nothing else existed beyond the bright column of light. Why have you brought me here? What are you going to do to me? Just go to bigfinish.com and type polythene into the search pane at the top to find this one. And remember, it's out this week on Tuesday, the 25th of April. Uh, does that work, actually, typing in polythene into the search engine? I think you just get one of those, you know, those polythene sh sleeves for hole punching. I think it just gives <laughs> you one of those and says, you know, work it out for yourself. Uh, polythene. Polythene, does it work? Yes, it does. Oh, thank goodness. I didn't think we had anything else we'd released with polythene in the title. Yeah, no, it's there. Straight up there. Yeah, good, you don't good. have to worry. You can uh, rest listen, easy. Don't, don't forget, we'll be dramatising you with Survivor's New Dawn 3, The Turning, and I seriously can't recommend it highly enough. I'll even speak in a very high voice to recommend it. It's superb <laughs> scripts from our good chum, Ken Bentley. Thank you. That was our resident mouse. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, it's... The Randomoid Selectatron. 
where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. I nearly messed it up again. Um, I wonder if there's Mouse is a surname that people have. <laughs> oh, definitely. There must Kevin be. Kevin Mouse. Kevin Mouse. MD. It says Kevin Hart. His, uh, Kevin Mouse on Facebook. That's where we should be looking for these things on Facebook. Yeah. There's bound to be. There's a Kevin Moose. <laughs> well, about this hoose. About this hoose is Kevin Moose. Um, Kevin Morse. Um, oh, yeah, well. Kevin yeah. Mousey. See, Kevin Morse would have been a very different TV series if it was called Mouse, wouldn't it? Um, oh, there's, there's Ken, uh, Kevin Mouses. Oh. Kevin Moyes. Kevin anyway, what does the random selectatron say? <laughs> well, Ran has spoken and is quite topical. It's not perfect yeah. on the money, but it's pretty much there. It's actually um, Dark Eyes 3. Okay, well, because we mentioned Dark Eyes Part 1, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, Dark Eyes 3, if you type Dark Eyes into the Big Finish search pane thingy, it, that's the first one that comes up, Dark Eyes 3. Here's the trailer. Well, job done, nice and easy. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who. Dark Eyes 3. My name is Hope Gardner, Colony Row 351. We need help. The infinite warriors are closing in. You saved us before. Bring the lady, the lady with the dark eyes. Bring Molly O'Sullivan. You can save us all. Lord Jowder, human is here. You are strong arm. Sally Armstrong, you know my interest. The humans. Promotions are not part of this war. Maybe I speak to eminence. So when it wins this war, it will be a friend to Ramosa. Ah, Liv, the fellow you let in, the doctor. He's gone, Professor. Good. A deluded lunatic. What did he say? That my research was a danger to the future. <laughs> Sometimes the best way to fight a fire is to make sure it doesn't get started. I'm taking away your matches. Your mind opens, Doctor. We will take it. Sounds like one of your typical schemes. Oh, on the contrary. This is my master plan. Every eventuality has been considered. You shall all fall to the might of the infinite. Die! You need to order your people back into the jungle. Hide. We stand and fight. Run, warm blood, before I spill it. We love stories. So, uh, well, I, this is the first Dark Eyes I didn't direct. I directed Dark Eyes and Dark Eyes 2. And this is Ken Bentley, I think. Um, and it involves the, our beautiful master. Also, this is, you know, with Nicola Walker joining again as Liz, Liv, Liz Chenko. Who? Liv Chenko. Alex McQueen as the master. Brilliant stuff. The old lovely cast. I'm just looking through this. Oh, and there's uh, Georgia... Georgia Moffat there before she became Georgia Tennant. Got Sasha yeah. Dewan before becoming Good the master. Lord, Sasha Dewan's in it, yeah. Sean Carlson obviously as Narvin. Beth Chalmers was with her the other day, legend. Ah, and David Sibley playing the eminent eminence. The eminent oh. eminence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, it was really a new is, beginning for the eighth doctor, isn't it? Dark Absolutely, eyes. and it's I think it's it's fair to say it really has kind of set the blueprint for kind of in a way modern big finish. I think so. I think it yes. really this feels this whole range really is the start of I mean I'd like to take credit for all that. 
think it's fair to say you can. People involved. <laughs> yes, I think Kevin Kevin uh, Kevin Mouse was involved. Kevin Mouse, uh, yeah. Roger Nose. <laughs> <laughs> They're all involved. Uh, Brian Buttock. Um, <laughs> I must give him a slap. Um, anyway, well, <laughs> while I uh, email Jackie Emery, content manager at Big Finish, to inform her of our random selection so that she can set the offer live. Yeah. Big Finish website. Benji, you can either put the kettle on or explain how listeners access this, this discount. What do you think? Well, they can make up their own minds. I'm off. <laughs> no, I, I'll explain it. I'll you explain sure? It. I'm offering you a cup of tea here. It's, well, it's all right, because I've actually got half a pint of Vimto. So um, oh. I can keep going for a while. Yeah, the Vimto obsession like continues, you know. Um, it's very nice, actually. Yeah. I have got a... Uh, I've drunk a cup of tea here. It's in a Doctor Who mug. Oh. Um, Always on brand. Yes, you can access this. It's really easy. Just go to bigfinish.com. Once you're on the website there, scroll across to podcasts. Once you're on the podcast page, um, you'll see that the current episode is there. And click read more. Once you're on read more, it will say just click here and enter the code. Just click here and enter the code buck up. And that's buck up, B-U-C-K-U-P, all capital letters, no spaces, nothing else, just that. Enter it in and then it will bring you to a page and it will show you the release in question. So get your 25% off. It's a great way to build up your collection, fill a few gaps, or, you know, check out something that you've never heard before and you think, why not? Lovely. That's all right, isn't it? I think so. That's what I needed to know. All right, just sending the uh, email to Jackie there. Right, um... Nice one, Ran. Uh, next week's podcast features our 60th anniversary oh. Doctor Who story, Once and Future. We go behind the scenes with the first episode, Past Lives, by Rob Valentine. Brilliant writer. It's a great episode. Uh, it features the fourth Doctor, Sarah Jane Smith, Kate Lethbridge-Stewart, Osgood, and the meddling monk, and some big crocodiles as well. <laughs> Unmissable. And it's worth mentioning the special edition is already sold out as a CD. Wow. Wow, uh, wow, wow. And that's before its release. Yeah. I put an apostrophe in there and that's annoyed me. That's before. Uh, and that's before its release on the 3rd of April. Incredible. Unprecedented. But mainly due to the superb work of our marketing department, headed up by Steve Berry, who is a modern marvel. Well, I'm blown away by that. I'm blown away by it all. Blown away by Steve. Blown away by all our lovely listeners. And blown away by the release. Uh, but still, I have to contain myself a little bit. And it's time <laughs> for me to say, thanks for listening, folks. The Big Finish podcast is presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it. And Benji and I did this for, for the, the love, love of stories. stories. Ooh, perfect. It won't sound perfect when I listen <laughs> back. Oh, those times. Last week's was hilarious with Tim. Tim Kikari. And finally on the Big Finish podcast, Survivors New Dawn 3, Turning Point by Ken Bentley.
smooth scratch. Next. <laughs> You'll feel a small scratch. Uh, can you help me? I'm looking... Next. You'll feel a small scratch. Andrew! Andrew! Jenny? You mustn't be here. Pat's not well. I went to the surgery, but nobody's there. That's because they're all here. We're snowed under. We're so understaffed, we've stopped admitting patients. You're turning people away? We have to. The staff are catching it as fast as the patients. But Pat! I'm sorry, Jen. If you say she's unwell, then she's as good as dead. Uh, oh, Abby? You're burning up. I'm so cold. She doesn't look well. Well, Andrew's coming round later. There must be something he can give her. She doesn't need a doctor. She needs an undertaker. Now you listen to me. No, keep back. Keep away from me. I, I don't want to catch your germs. But I'm germ. not showing any germ. symptoms. Germ. If it keeps accelerating at this rate, the dead will outnumber the living. Cities will become cesspits. But they'll find something, won't they? Millions of people will die. Cure, won't they? They won't let people die? She's already dead. dead. What? Dead. Stop doing that! I, I've got to get out of here. Now you've been exposed to it too. Everybody in London has. I'm not showing any symptoms. Oh, that's no guarantee. Well, how will I know? You won't. There's only been one survivor, Jenny. In all the cases they've admitted, only one person has lived. What if I'm one of the lucky ones? Lucky ones? There are no lucky ones. Look at her. Look at Abby. She's dead, 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 Morning, miss. You all right? Oh, fine. You know, the usual. Just didn't sleep much. Leg's still giving you a jip. It's a bit stiff, but definitely getting better. You need sleep, you know. Keeps the engine going. Yeah, speaking of which, any luck with that one? Nah, don't know why they make us bother. I keep telling them we, we don't, don't have, have the parts. The parts. <laughs> no, well, perhaps I'll get the message eventually. I don't have your faith. Do you know what that whistle was about this morning? They caught another one stealing from the stores. Oh, it's happening more and more often these days. Mm, been a tough year. Only going to get tougher. Do you think? One thing you can't legislate for is the weather. So we'll see what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Now, Phil... Oh, she can't hear me, can she? Not that she listens. If she won't budge, then eventually someone will budge her. She'll get budged the hard way. She had a tough time of it, like we all did. She's she's just trying to do what she thinks is best. Best for her, maybe. Anyway, 
I better finish proving these things for the knacker's yard. Good luck. Get your hands off me. You've no right. You can't just chuck me in here. Please. I've got a kid to feed. Who's going to look after them if you lock me up? I'm glad you made it. We've a lot to discuss. Walk with me. I heard the alarm this morning. More thieving beggars. Mm, we'll see. We need to discuss discipline. We can't keep letting them get away with it. We're on a knife edge at the moment and I'm not prepared to throw it all away because of a handful of selfish idiots. But it's important we keep everyone on our side. If, if we start handing out unreasonable sentences... Firm hand, Jenny Richards. Firm hand. Morning, everybody. Good morning, Prime Minister. Minister. Let's make this quick. I don't have much time. Who's to begin? I think it's important we discuss... Since you're the... still the new boy, I think it's best we hear from one of our more experienced ministers first, don't you? And pay attention, you might learn something. Harold, any news on restoring power, or are we embracing a return to the Dark Ages? Uh, thank you, yes. Not good news, I'm afraid. You surprise me. Our main generator's still out of action, uh, mostly down to a shortage of parts, but to be honest, even if we get it up and running, there's been so little rainfall this year, the river's too low to drive the turbine. And the regional stations? Uh, the same, although they're not as reliant on electricity as we are. Uh, we've managed to keep some of the small diesel generators going, but to prevent them wearing out, we're restricting their use. On the subject of which, Judy? Um, well, we're doing what we can with what we have. Flights have stopped entirely, which hasn't helped with trade. Most of the vehicles... Well, they're not being used as much right now. That means we've been able to divert grain from biofuel production back to food, which we're desperate for. And how's that looking? We should last until Christmas. Perhaps longer if we keep tightening our belts, assuming the stores are safe. They're raiding the stores because we're rationing supplies. What about Kent? Wasn't that starting to bear fruit? <laughs> if you'll excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a question from Mark. I would like to add that since we cancelled radio broadcasts and the production of the news sheet to conserve power, people are feeling increasingly isolated without information. Well, ignorance is bliss. I suspect that's one reason for some of the unrest. Stick to your own portfolio, please, Judy. Mark, Kent. We haven't had any deliveries in weeks. We're not entirely sure why. As Harold pointed out, this year's been unusually hot and dry. We've had about half the rainfall we'd normally get. Are you updating me on the subject of food production or giving me a weather forecast? Well, sorry. But it means crops this year have... Well, without the machinery... We've managed to harvest a small amount by hand, but we just don't have the people. Farming at this sort of scale takes resources we don't have. Disappointing. If we hadn't allocated such a large amount of grain to the production of biofuel, then... Yes, thank you for your gift of hindsight. Mike. Oh, uh, th thank you. Um, most of the land vehicles aren't uh, 
currently in service. Even if we had fuel, we're, we're short of engineers and spares. As Judy said, we, we've grounded the fleet, so we're pretty much cut off from mainland Europe. Well, aren't you the voice of doom? Terry, cheer me up. I'm not entirely sure I can. Try. To Mark's point, we've always struggled a bit with skills, but, well, given the circumstances, so many are leaving Cambridge to live independently. Maybe Crail had the right idea. Celia. Most of what we're trying to do relies on machinery or skills. And right now, we don't have much of either. It's a top-down solution. If we were to encourage people to grow their own food... Thank you, Terry. Jenny, anything to add? Well, incidents are on the rise. Parkside is now at about 40%, but the problem isn't capacity, it's staff. I've reallocated a number of rangers from patrol to prison duty, but that leaves us spread a bit thinly. We can't just keep arresting people. We have to prevent them from committing crime in the first place. This is what happens when all you do is enrich the state. Here we go. Jenny's right. We're failing to tackle the issues that matter most to people. Uh, Robin... Don't defend her, Jenny. She's that... Enough! Harold, have all the regions supply an inventory of turbine parts and requisition whatever you need to get Cambridge back up and running. Then pray for rain. Judy, I know we're already managing distribution, but come up with a plan to see us through to next year. See how much we can tighten those belts. Mark, look into Kent and let me know as soon as you hear. Mike, next time try to bring me something that resembles good news. Terry, work with Mark to determine what skills we need and come up with a plan to train the plebs. This time next year, I want those fields full of happy little farmhands. And Jenny, that new inmate... Deborah Adams. Deborah? You know her? Uh, of her. I want her questioned and convicted and make it snappy. I want to set an example. We can't afford any more of these pranks. Well, that's all I have time for today. As my old maths teacher used to say, must try harder. Yes, 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 yes. Prime Minister. I don't know how you lot put up with it. You wanted a seat at the table? This isn't democracy, it's a dictatorship. Just keep a lid on it, will you? This is hard enough as it is. We're doing all we can. You're sheep! You're all just sheep! Robin! Well, he'll come round. I'm not convinced he will. Besides, a large part of me thinks he's right. I'll be fine on my own, thank you. Good morning. It's you. I'm Jenny Richards. The law minister? Yes, you're in jail. My being here probably isn't terribly surprising, is it? Uh, you have to let me out. It isn't quite that simple. But I have a child, I have to feed him. Where's the father? Dead. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Are you? Yes. You're not the only person to have lost people dear to you. I imagine everybody has a similar story. Maybe they do. Look, I'd like to help you, but I can only do that if you let me. Now, Deborah Adams? Yes. Arrested for stealing food. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Well, if you weren't stealing it, what were you doing with it? Taking what's rightfully mine. 
<laughs> I'm not sure that'll stand up in a court of law. We all went along with it, the whole new federal government, all doing our bit, pulling our weight, being told we'd reap the rewards of all our hard work. But where are they? I haven't seen any. We do all the hard work and you lot hoard all the spoils. That's a little unfair. Is it? Resources are being stockpiled and distribution monitored to ensure everybody gets their... Not everybody. We're all given an equitable amount oh, of... That's rubbish! You sit in your ivory towers, but you have no idea what the rest of us are putting up with. Then why don't you tell me? Process this as quickly as you can and release her, would you? Are you sure, miss? We've had strict instructions from the Prime Minister I to... don't I... care what instructions you've had from the Prime Minister. As far as I'm aware, this is still a functioning democracy and I'm still the Law Minister. And while that remains the case, the last thing we're going to do is separate desperate mothers from their children. Understood? Come in. Oh, hello, Ginny. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, no problem. Well, to be honest, I welcome the distraction. <laughs> it's far too hot to concentrate. How can I help? I've noticed an increasing number of people are getting arrested for stealing. Well, it must be a job controlling everybody. They've been free to do what the hell they want for years. Yes, of course. But I was hoping you might be able to spare a little time to give me a tour of your facilities. Is there a problem with how I'm running things? No. No, no, nothing of the sort. It's just something's driving these people to steal, and you're the only person I trust to help me get to the bottom of it. This is shocking. It's dead. Mm. Big finish for the love of stories.